0: So one of the most universal things that we all want out of a relationship is to be seen, to be heard, for someone to really get us. So, you know, in the world that we live in today, there's so much kind of front. You know, we put on these personas for work and for Instagram and for different areas of our life. But in intimate partner relationships, what we really want is for someone to really know the true us. So one of the big problems then comes when we don't feel seen or heard. So this is something that comes up in a lot of work that I do. And it's really about communication. And communication is such an important, if not the core thing, that creates the foundation of a really healthy, connected, stable relationship, in my opinion. And that's because... The way that we communicate sets the tone for kind of how we feel and how we navigate issues and how we manage conflict, for example. So I don't know if you've ever been in the situation where you've communicated something to your partner. You're like, it could be something super simple. Like you're telling them about your day. You're telling them, you know, your perspective of an experience. You're telling them why you're annoyed or pissed off, you know, whatever it is you're telling them. And you just feel like they either don't get it, they don't hear it, or they don't want to get it. So when this happens, this leaves us feeling like we're just really not being heard and that can be you know really upsetting because essentially it's invalidating so when we're trying to communicate something and our partner is either intentionally not listening intentionally disagreeing or even unintentionally just engaged in something else you know maybe multitasking and just not paying attention if it's something that you're communicating if that's something you're communicating is really important to you then it feels really invalidating it makes you feel like you're not important it feels like they don't care so navigating this and being able to kind of communicate firstly what's going on between you what dynamic is happening and then learning how to shift it can be really important and can actually make a really positive impact on the relationship so why don't people hear us well there's a couple of reasons One, again, as I said before, you know, people might be multitasking, so they might literally get into this habit whereby they're used to engaging in a way that they're kind of only half present. They're half doing something else and half engaging with you. Another reason is that when people feel like they're threatened or whether they feel like uh, they're you know being blamed they can emotionally shut down and then won't be able to hear us so a lot of people have this idea that you know if you validate someone if you listen if you kind of support them when you don't necessarily agree you're giving them the wrong message that you always have to agree to be able to emotionally validate them or support them now, this is in fact false. So you can emotionally validate someone. You can listen. You can support them, but you don't have to agree with them. And we'll talk a little bit more about kind of how you can do that and what that looks like later in the podcast. But essentially, I think one of the main reasons in um, in intimate partner relationships that people don't hear us is because they start to emotionally shut down if we try and talk about something that makes them uncomfortable. And maybe they're uncomfortable because they're not you know, completely okay with talking about their feelings, or maybe it's a subject that's a bit um, touchy for them, or maybe it's because they think and feel like they're getting blamed. So the way that we communicate, especially when it comes to uh, issues within the relationships, arguments, conflict, is really important. And I'll give you some tips around how to do that a little bit later in the podcast. Another area that's really important is to learn how to be okay with difference. So, you know, there's this idea that we have to agree on everything in relationship when, in fact, it's very normal not to agree on a lot. (laughs) You know, we're both individuals, we're different people, and it's absolutely okay to accept difference and to even encourage difference. We don't necessarily have to agree on any, everything and we don't necessarily have to argue about things that we don't agree. We can accept difference. Okay, so how do we actually do it? How do we listen to our partner in a way that makes them feel seen and heard? So we we can use a strategy called active listening, and active listening is about fully engaging with the conversation. So, there's some things that you can do to actively listen when your partner is communicating with you. The first is be attentive, so, be willing to hear what they're trying to say to you. Again, you don't necessarily have to agree, it's just about listening. And giving them your full attention try not to interrupt try and just listen and absorb what they're telling you you can also ask open questions so you know ask probing questions that will allow them to give you more information so this is a way that you can show them that you're listening and engaged uh, with the conversation and you're asking questions to get more information about what they're communicating to you you can request clarification. So if there's something you're unsure about, you you haven't really understood it correctly, you can literally ask questions that, you know, it might sound like, let me see if I'm clear on this and then state whatever the question is or help me to understand. I think help me to understand is always a really helpful statement because it shows that you're wanting to engage, you're wanting to get their perspective, but you don't quite have it yet. You can paraphrase or summarize. So you can kind of Give back to them what you've understood. And by doing this, you're actually showing them that, again, you're engaged in the conversation, you're listening, and you're understanding. And what paraphrasing does is, it again, it validates. It validates that you're hearing them. You can also identify and reflect the feelings. So if it's really obvious that, you know, they're quite upset, you can reflect that. You You can say something like, it sounds like that is really upsetting you. It sounds like you're really frustrated. Um... I can see that you're crying. I can I can hear the the uh, the anger in in your tone, or you know whatever it is. You can you can reflect back the feeling that you're seeing and hearing from them. And again, it's that validating. It's that showing that you're engaged in the conversation. So they're just some really simple ways that as the listener, you can actively engage in the conversation so that whoever, whoever is speaking, whether it be your partner, family, friend, you know, you can use these, these strategies for, for any conversation really, but you can, you can use them in a way that shows, yes, I'm listening. Yes, I'm present and I'm hearing you. Okay, so while you're actively listening, what do you want to be aware of? Well, first, you want to be aware of your body language. You want to be aware of whether your body language is open, whether your body language is closed, how you're sitting, how you're engaging with them, are you paying attention? Because you know, when we're communicating, our body language is a huge part of the message that we're sending at any given time. It's actually worth a lot more than our words. Then you want to be aware of your tone, inflection, your um, you know the speed at which you speak. So it's about being really aware of actually what messages you're sending other than your words. So a lot of people really focus on the words and wanna get the words right. But in doing so, we send messages that don't match. And this can be really confusing. So if your body language, your tone, and your words aren't congruent, meaning they don't match, we're sending mixed messages. So you might really be there and really be listening, but because your body language and your tone are sending a different message, people, again, might not feel heard. So you're wanting to really match your tone your body language and your words so if you can you know if you're someone that really focuses on finding the right thing to say or or even just what you're going to say if you can try to shift the focus back a little bit on just being present on your body language and the way that you're communicating that can often really help Because no one expects you to have all the answers or to necessarily know the right thing to say. Sometimes, you know, not knowing what to say and communicating that and just going, oh, I'm so sorry. I have no idea what to say is better than trying to give answers, problem solving, looking for solutions or anything like that. That can actually be more validating than any kind of uh, statement that says perfect words. So try and focus on your body language. Okay, and now that you've got your body language in check, we're going to talk about validating statements. So, what statements can you make to validate your partner and to show that you're listening. So, validating statements are a way of showing that we've seen that we've heard and understood another person's emotional experience. So, it does not mean we agree. Let's just just clear that up right now. It's about accepting their emotional experience. Your emotional experience may be quite different and that's okay. So validating statements might be something like, I can see that you're very upset. I can see that you're very frightened. I can see that you're very scared. I can see whatever it is that you can see, naming that emotion. Say someone's telling you a story about something that's happened. Wow, he, she must've made you feel really, name the emotion again validating the emotion that they're feeling i can see that this is really important to you what a frustrating situation to be in gosh that's got to be so difficult or upsetting or frustrating for you it makes sense that you'd be so upset about that it sounds like that you feel like that's really unfair so All of these statements, just as examples, are naming what that other person is feeling. It's not saying anything about you. And it's not saying that you agree. And it's not saying that, you know, it's not questioning their emotional experience. We're not invalidating them. An invalidating statement might sound like, oh, it's not so bad. It's not that big of a deal. You know, let's just stay positive. It'll all work out in the end. Don't worry about it. Just look on the bright side. Try not to think about it well, you should hear what happened to me, or at least blah, 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 blah. So when we invalidate people, we're actually uh, rejecting their emotional experience. So that is one of the big things that when it happens in relationship, it can leave us feeling like we're not heard, we're not seen, and can be really upsetting. And over time, if it keeps happening, can drive a wedge between the people in the relationship. Now that we've talked about the listener, let's talk about the speaker. Let's talk about how you can communicate effectively when something's coming up for you or it's something important that you want to discuss. If you're the person communicating then what you really want to do is you want to do it in a way that's assertive. So you want to be clear in your communication. You want to try and be concise and you want to do it in a way that reflects your feelings and your experience without blaming or naming or shaming that other person so a good way that you can do this is by using I statements now I'm sure you've heard about I statements and they can be a really effective way of communicating what's happening for you emotionally so the formula that we can use for an I statement is number one state the behavior number two state how you feel and number three state what you need And remembering that these are I statements, so we're focusing on our individual experience. If you can do these three steps, then you're going to be able to communicate in a way that you're sharing your emotional experience, and hopefully that will result in the other person not becoming defensive because you're not blaming or attacking, you're simply talking about your emotional experience. So what does it sound like? When you're multitasking by being on your phone when I'm talking to you it makes me feel unimportant and like you're not listening. I would really like it if you could put your phone down when I'm talking to you. When you don't help out around the house and there's dishes left in the sink I feel unappreciated and really overwhelmed. Uh, What I need is for you to help me uh, so that I can get on top of all the housework so that we can live in a space that's clean and tidy. When you come home late and don't let me know, I feel worried because I don't know if, you know, something's happened to you while you've been on your drive home and I'm expecting you. Uh, What I really need is, you know, if you could just text me and let me know if you're going to be late. So these are all examples of I statements. You'll notice that there still is the word you used in them. Um, And, you know, ideally, if you can move away from that, great. Great. But it's pretty challenging to do that when you're using I statements in a couple relationship because you want to be able to name the behaviour that's you know causing you to feel a certain way. So, you know sometimes we need to use a you. If you're using I statements in a work sense, you might be able to move away from it a bit more easily. But yeah, use this formula, see how you go. Now, if you use the I statement formula and you're still not feeling heard there's a couple of things that you can do so you can actually communicate that you're not feeling heard you could say something like i'm not feeling heard right now i'm trying to communicate something important that i would really appreciate your attention i don't think you've understood what i'm trying to say let let me try again i'd really like to be on the same page with this can we make some time to discuss it with no distractions so you can actually address that you're not feeling heard and ask to have the conversation at a time where there's no distractions and you can really both focus on it failing that and it leads to an argument let's discuss some strategies to have arguments that are productive versus unproductive okay so having conflict in relationship is in fact very natural it's very normal you've got individuals coming together with different values, beliefs, thoughts, opinions, and, you know, it's it's kind of inevitable that at some point there will be conflict. And that's fine. So it's about noticing ways that you can do it in a way that's going to be more productive than unproductive. So unproductive arguments will often leave you feeling I guess, worse than before the argument. You don't necessarily come to a solution. You might feel invalidated. There's blaming, there's shaming. So all of these things can be really destructive to relationships. Whereas if you have a productive argument, it can be really helpful. So the way to have a productive argument is to think about a few different things. So one, you want to think about the timing. You don't necessarily have to have an argument in the moment that something's come up. You can choose your time and you can choose it so that you're feeling calm. You're not kind of distracted with other things. Uh, But equally, you don't want to wait too long because you don't want to bottle it up. One of the really important things about productive arguments is assuming the best. So Assuming the best about a partner can be really helpful because we're not always going to be jumping to that extreme negative whereby they're against us. They're trying to win. You know, we can try and give our partner the benefit of the doubt rather than heading straight to blame. You will want to make a plan. So put some time aside and actually brainstorm solutions together. So think about actually how can you you know, get some, some strategies or solutions that will help you to navigate this argument and to get a solution that's going to be good for both of you. Or how can you even just decide to settle on a difference of opinion? You want to stay on topic. You don't want to bring the past and every other argument and every other kind of historical issue into this present argument. Try and stay on topic. That's going to allow your argument to be reductive because you're dealing with the here and now. So if it gets too heated and you need a bit of space, you might want to take a break. Now, the key to doing that is just communicating with your partner that you need to take a break. You need to have a bit of time and you'll come back to this at an agreed time later on. And then finally, you want to really try and not punish or blame you you want to avoid the silent treatment um, or trying to put pressure on the issue so that you get your way or your outcome. Really try and focus on compassion and remember that you're focusing on the we of the relationship. You're, you're trying to get the best outcome for the both of you, not just for you. So move away from thinking about the issue as an individual issue and go at it as a couple. And there you have it, some tools and strategies to help you feel heard and seen in relationship, to navigate arguments and to communicate in a way that is assertive and clear. I hope that you've found this information valuable and I'll see you next time.